Harry Potter is enrolled in a photography class to learn how to take better dick pics, and his professor is Draco Malfoy? Jamie Lannister and Brienne of Tarth are directing a Titanic exhibit, and Jon Snow is the security guard? Tony Stark is producing a dating show on a tropical island, and all the Avengers are the contestants? There is no way stories like this exist. And there is no way three best friends would read them and put their reactions out for the world to hear. I mean, no one would do that, right? Guys? I'm Allie Lefevre. I'm Lindsay Rush. I'm Danny Chapman. And, and this is Fangasm. The following podcast is rated H for horny. It contains adult themes, sexually explicit content, strong language, and characters we don't own. Welcome back to Fangasm. I'm Lindsay. I'm Allie. I'm Danny. <laughs> this, this is crazy, guys. It's like not crazy at all, but it feels crazy. It is Friday, yes. 10 a.m., and we're recording this because we've all been like traveling and scheduling conflicts. <laughs> Danny is at work. He's at his office. And he had to just fess up to it. Danny, tell them what you just had to do. We have one partner who has a podcast. And so he built in the office, like in the small room, this like professional podcasting studio. So if I, the first three episodes of the season, I was using a terrible mic. I'm now using a world-class mic. And he, <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. Nobody is ever uses this ever. And right when we go to record, I got a knock on the door that he's like, hey, I need to record a podcast. <laughs> Like both of us right now. So fortunately, he was very generous. And he's gonna. He has a backup backup plan to record something. But like, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I have to record this podcast. So Diddy had to tell him, "I'm sorry, I had to record." And he pauses and he goes, "Fantastic." <laughs> I'm sweating for you. I'm literally sweating right now. I was like, is Danny going to say, like, is he going to fib? But, like, I knew you wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I've got this important client meeting with his microphone. It's not a secret, but also it's, you know, this is my first time doing it uh, right now. So I I did have to travel for work on Sunday, so I'm just reallocating all my hours. (laughs) Where it matters most. Yeah. I got banished from my recording studio, which is our basement, and used to be a spare bedroom, but (laughs) baby took that over. So now I'm on the floor of my bedroom right now. I'm in the middle of what I think is a solar eclipse. The light coming through the window is so (laughs) blinding. There's only like 20% of me showing on the screen. So what we're saying is it's going to be a great show. (laughs) (laughs) Chaos. Everything in its right place. We have like a tight 45 minutes to do this, but it's going to be fantastic. And we're yeah. so excited for this. BFE, Big Friday Energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do feel like anytime we do it at a different time or a different location, we think we're like so crazy. It's like having <laughs> breakfast for dinner. We're like, <laughs> 9.45 on a Friday? Dare we? <laughs> Can we do it? We're so bad. Remember we stood one time and it felt like <laughs> we like reinvented podcasting. <laughs> That's not the same one we just refound. We just unearthed the dinosaur bone footage of Allie falling off of the chair in our old Cards Against Humanity studio. We need to post that on Instagram. It's my favorite moment. That wasn't Allie standing. That was Allie recording lying on the ground weeping. <laughs> As you guys just recorded me, no one extended a helping hand. Yes, we both got out our phone. 
Uh, we have multiple camera angles of that because no one helped me. Aren't you glad though? Am, Aren't you glad I we am. didn't help you and that we recorded it instead? Some things. Yeah, I would much prefer to have the video footage than yes. you know the friendly gesture for sure. <laughs> we helped eventually. <laughs> The rescuing. So I guess let's make this quick and dirty and get right. Yeah. I I have a funny story, but I'll save it for the finale. The season finale. I got scammed (laughs) on the internet. (laughs) I had a complete Michael Scott moment where basically I think I supported a Nigerian prince. (laughs) So um, we can save that for next week. (laughs) Yeah. If you needed more reason to finish off the season, come back. (laughs) (laughs) Teaser, teaser, teaser. Uh, I know. Let's get into the blowdown. (sighs) It was fuck city. (laughs) It was. But they had grounded themselves. They did. And that's when they had the lube leaf that they uh, took a little dip into to... Oh, when they dip back into it. Because, oh, the lube leaf. Yes, 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 yes. Evil Die made such a funny visual from (laughs) um, last episode. I think we will, if we haven't already posted it for everyone to enjoy, but the the Apishki moment. So... (laughs) The Apishki heard around the world. Apishki. And I know, I just looked back, the biggest thing was that Harry said, I love you. Oh my God. Or, I love you too. Oh, he prematurely infatuated all over Draco. The power move. <laughs> I didn't say I love you. He's like, you didn't have to. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I can see it in your cum. He said, love you too. <sighs> so that's where we are. And we're seeing if this is a boner killer or a mood lifter. A boner thriller. Yeah. <laughs> So I say, let's get into it. Fast and Furious. Shall we? We shall. (laughs) Anybody? Let's do it. Let's get into it. I can't hear you. Danny, do you think you can invite the partner on the puck? Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. We're ready. Could you read a quick, read a couple excerpts for us? A guest host by our healthcare specialist. (laughs) And weird, he brought in HR. Oh, this can't be good. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Okay, let's do it. Harry found that the heat in his chest had drastically changed from a glorious warmth to the burning fire of embarrassment. Mm -hmm. What if he had misjudged things? He did. What if Draco really just wanted a (laughs) casual affair, a one-off and not a relationship? Harry, Harry thinks like one hookup and back in time means they're together now. Yeah. How how long have you two been together? A hundred million years. You know how it's like there's that like list of things you get people up there like five year ten. It's like gold. (laughs) What is your hundred billion? A meteor from when we first met. (laughs) You bought me a star. (laughs) Harry had behaved like a right heel then. They were in the middle of having sex for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake, exactly. And he dropped the L-bomb on Draco. Way to go, Potter. I can't believe that hasn't been an episode title for us, for fuck's sake. Oh, that's true. It's like a miss. Wow. His internal voice sounded like fourth-year Draco Malfoy. Great. Undeterred by his emotional crisis, his prick inside Draco's body was still hard enough to drill holes. (laughs) 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 Harry's attention returning to it, it gave an eager twitch. Shoot me now. Um, muttered Draco. Apparently, he'd also felt it. Look, said Harry, you don't have to say it back or say anything, really. Just ignore I said anything. Maybe, please. It's probably just the sex talking anyway. And uh-huh. yes, Draco said. <gasps> Harry pushed himself up on his elbows and looked down at Draco, blinking. Yes, what? Yes, all right. Let's not talk about this now, Draco said irritably. Oh, oh no. Oh. 
irritably, oh, God, is that the word? Draco said, yes, I love being on my back when, like, no, Draco. The worst adverb you could possibly. Yes. Irritably. That was what Harry had been asking for, but it wasn't what he had furtively hoped to hear. It must have shown on his features, for Draco's own face scrunched up, obviously displeased. Harry felt even more foolish now. Turning his face aside as though he could no longer stand to look at Harry, Draco quietly muttered, but, you know, I do love you, too. (gasps) (gasps) This is the thirstiest wizards we've ever met. Wow. I was just about to say, you know, like in improv, sometimes somebody has something in mind, you know, like, I want them to say, I I love you. And then (laughs) when he said, no, like, I don't want to talk about this now, I was like, okay, well, he made a good choice, but it was not what I wanted. I I got both. I got the best of both. You had a yes and, unfortunately. It's certainly not furthering the scene, Draco. (laughs) (laughs) You what? Said Harry. Not now, Draco snapped. We just agreed, didn't we? Let's talk about this later. He was still looking towards the mountain rather than at Harry, but there was a telling flush high in his cheek. Harry beamed. Yes, sure. All right. The blood in his pricked pulse, reminding him of exactly where he was and what he had been doing. Tentatively, he pulled out a little and slid back in. They both groaned. Harry just immediately comes. (laughs) (laughs) I love you too. (laughs) Uh, uh. Grab the leaf. (laughs) Clean up. Yes, that, Draco said, finally looking at Harry again. Come on. His legs around Harry tightened, nudging him to move, move. Harry nodded frantically and followed Draco's not-so-subtle prompt. Wow, that felt good. It took Harry a while to figure out his own limbs and the unaccustomed position, all the while feeling about as graceful as an overweight megatherium. But in time, he began to move with more force and confidence. The only limbs Harry knows are tree limbs these days. <laughs> He's like, I've never done it on the ground, so like, I'm more of a limb guy. <laughs> Ooh, you guys got to Google a megatherium on your own. It's crazy. Is that that fish? That No, it's that like really- a bear. Ooh. It's fun. I want one. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Draco made it easy, too. He moved into Harry's thrusts, arching his butt up to meet him, mm. and his gasps and moans let Harry know exactly when he was doing it right. Their arousal fed off each other, every gasp and moan and shudder experienced and welcomed by them both. So when Harry felt his orgasm building, he wasn't all that surprised that Draco was right there with him. Going to come, he huffed, and no sooner mm. had he said it than Draco gripped his own prick and started to wank furiously. Draco's knuckles rubbed against Harry's abs, their path slickened by their combined sweat, and it should have been uncomfortable, but somehow it wasn't. They raced against each other towards the peak, Draco's hand generating a glistening blur between them while Harry's hips slapped against Draco's rear in a furious rhythm until, with twin shouts, the tension exploded. And that's how the dinosaurs became extinct. (laughs) (laughs) It was an explosion. Uh, That kind. They're like, when you travel back in time, just make sure you don't change anything. They're like, well, we killed all the dinosaurs. (laughs) Good news, bad news. We're in love. (laughs) Dinos are dead. Uh, Harry felt his prick pumping into Draco. Hot, tight, warm release. Overwhelmed, he lowered himself to lie down on top of Draco. No longer needing his arms to hold himself up, he buried one hand in Draco's hair, ruffling the sweaty blonde locks affectionately. His other hand came to stretch out in the grass along their sides. A moment later, it was captured by one of Draco's. I was like, captured by a dinosaur. Like, they haven't been attacked or anything. <laughs> Nothing. They're very docile dinosaurs. Yeah. Jurassic Park really was a uh, bad branding for dinosaurs. <gasps> That's true. They've been like, they're so misunderstood. Their fingers linked and Draco gave Harry's hand a squeeze. Harry's heart skipped a beat. 
I'm picturing like a baby triceratops like running home to its mom being like, I just saw humans doing this. (laughs) Why? And she's like, that's not how we do it. Don't be freaked out. (laughs) And their legs didn't even break. (laughs) Love, he thought wonderingly. This wasn't a white picket fence and two and a half children and a dog, but it sure was something. It sure was being stuck back in time around the dinosaur age with my former arch nemesis. <laughs> this wasn't two and a half children and a dog in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling off the scam of a lifetime. <laughs> Hold that thought. Um, Draco, Harry said. Mm-hmm. Say those contraception charms. Uh, mm-hmm, said Draco. Do all of them need to be applied before the sex, or are there some that work afterwards, too? All before, said Draco. Oh, said Harry, dot, dot, dot. Did them, said Draco. You, really? Mm-hmm, when climbing down the tree, no risk. I didn't think I could love you more, yet here we are, said Harry. Well, Harry's really leaning into it, like the first time he is. Ugh. You know what they say, always ask about protection after you have sex. <laughs> yes. That's the order of operations. Always reverse Uno, <laughs> protection. Is he worried about STDs? I don't know. In the earlier one, I thought one of the earlier episodes in this world, men can get pregnant. Okay. Probably both because Draco is a little more experienced. So yeah, he's protecting against anything. Not against dinosaurs, but everything else. Definitely not. Better safe than pregnant in the uh, prehistoric era. (laughs) Uh, Draco turned his head and tried to glare at him, but for once it failed utterly. He looked much too happily shagged out. What? You don't want my children? He said. Didn't say that, Harry replied easily. Just not now. Yeah, nothing sexier than dropping an L-bomb the first time you have sex and then being like, do you want kids? (laughs) Hey. What are you thinking? Hi. (laughs) Didn't say that, Harry replied easily. Just not now. I don't think teenage pregnancies are the way to go. Do you? His hand was still petting Draco's hair and the blonde's eyes quickly fell mostly closed again. Nah. Agreed then. We'll wait at least another couple of years, said Harry. Huh. Sure, replied Draco. What a confirmation. We should say teenage pregnancies over the age of 18. Yes, because 18. There's a teen yes, in 18. there's a teen in 18. I wanted to do a Woody Woodpecker and deet do it, but then I lost you it. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Allie. It had been 14 days, 14 pretty wild days, Harry thought, where he'd seen dinosaurs having bone-achingly heavy sex, gone fishing and exploring with Draco, <laughs> been chased by some fast-running kind of carnivore, and, since they were both colossal idiots, ridden on one of the more peacefully grazing herbivores. <laughs> That's awesome. In hindsight, not their smartest move, but the thing had barely even seemed to notice them. Oh, and he'd been fucked six ways from Sunday. <laughs> I love how Harry's now learning all this, like, sex idioms that he, now he's getting real cocky with it. I know. He's, like, smoking a cigarette on top of a triceratops. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you guys never fucked in a tree? Cool. You think he looks like Cole Sprouse? Have you seen that on Twitter? Cole Sprouse smoking a cigarette. It's, like, the worst. (laughs) Totally. So embarrassing. Looks super unsexy. I also feel like this is, like, a summer camp romance where they're going to go back to, like, their life and not really be able to, like, he's like, no, I swear it happened. They're, like, in a tree, Potter. The first time they had sex had actually been on a Sunday, at least if they called the day of their arrival a Wednesday, like it had been when they left home. Oh, so on the seventh day, they didn't rest, is what (laughs) the whole creation myth was alive. And on the seventh day, they fucked. (laughs) It's a good episode title. It's good. It's good. (laughs) By that time scheme, it was now Tuesday and close to noon, time for Harry and Draco to get ready to go home. They didn't think the ritual would give them any warning, just as it hadn't warned them at the beginning of their journey. They, like, arrive mid 
coitus. <laughs> One moment, they'd been sitting in the Chamber of Secrets, correctly pronouncing the wording of the time travel ritual, though apparently surrounded by faulty runes, and the next they were standing in a field in prehistoric whatever this was. Harry gathered his little bundle of trophies, a few scales one of the larger dinos had lost, a few nuts and leaves for potential later identification via textbook, a couple of bones, and, to his everlasting shame, a piece of bark from the tree Draco and he had had their first sexual no, encounter in. he took the bark oh, It's going to have, like, some sort of pest in it, you know, that he's going to bring it back and it's going to, like... Ravage the modern world. Yes. This yes. is, like, the opposite of carving your name in a tree. It's, like... It took the tree. The tree carved its name in your back, and then you... (laughs) Took the bark. (laughs) He actually felt a little nostalgic as he looked around now, thinking he would never be able to return to this exact time and place. He'd never climb naked-ass into that tree, (laughs) never munch on those berries. This needs, like, sweet, soft, like, music. (laughs) He'd never munch on those berries, wondering if they would nourish him or kill him, never again be faced with a charging triceratops bull, and never again see that bright light growing in a distant noonday sky. Wait a second. Draco, Harry said, have I told you today that I love you? Once or twice, the blonde smirked. Have I told you lately <laughs> that I love you? Love you too, said Draco. Funny how easily they could both say it now. Harry kissed him. I love you. Just wanted you to know in case we don't make it back. Draco frowned. The ritual's going to work. I'm not worried about that, said Harry. Really? Draco asked skeptically. Then what are you worried about? Harry mutely pointed a finger at the western sky. Draco looked and looked. Harry had learned over the past week of their close acquaintance that Draco tended to spew random facts about fascinating creatures' mating habits when nervous. Case in point. Have you ever used essence of Mertlap? Those rodents are wild, said Draco. Male Mertlaps start having sex the moment they reach their maturity and don't stop until they drop dead. (laughs) Makes for a very short life. They mature at 11 months, but what a way to go. Yeah, what a way to go, Harry echoed hollowly. So have you ever considered that the muggle historians might be onto something? Don't be ridiculous, said Draco. Together they watched the flaming shape of an approaching meteorite. (laughs) No. (laughs) Rapidly grow in the western sky. It was kind of pretty. Are they there at the precipice? Oh my gosh. Of the extinction of dinosaurs? Oh my gosh. Okay, Allie, do another do a little other Woody Woodpecker dee doot. Wait, was that the ritual? (laughs) They went. Wait, wait, sorry, Allie. (laughs) Hold on one second. I'm talking. Could you Woody Woodpeck a minute later? Uh Could you hold that? So the ritual. Or we don't know yet, but part of the ritual was they were going to be there 14 days before the end of the world, and then when the meteor hits, they go back. I don't. Oh, think I don't think they planned they plan on, on a meteor. The meteor is a surprise. I think it's just bad timing that they literally just happen to be there. He's just like, will the ritual happen before the meteor comes? I think is what they're concerned about. Yeah, like how fast is this meteor careening out of the sky? Harry's like, this is the the TikTok. You know, Harry's like, mm, I would like more meteor. You know, <laughs> summons this meteor. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> meteor. Uh-huh. Allie, woodpeck. Oh, I should woodpeck again. Please. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Harry, where have you been? I've been looking for you for hours. Harry stared blankly at Hermione. <gasps> okay, you look like you've seen a Dementor. Hermione drew him into a hug. Are you all right? Hermione's hug was warm, nice, and also too tight. Harry realized he hadn't really been breathing until Hermione entirely cut off his air supply. Consciously exercising his chest muscles, Harry took a huge gulping breath, then let it out slowly. I'm, I'm all right, surprisingly. He looked around the Gryffindor common room with its friendly warm colors, its solid stone walls, and its distinct lack of flaming celestial missiles. (laughs) 
He smiled and shook off some of the frozen terror that had accompanied him all the way back up from the Chamber of Secrets and the remains of their failed rune work. He was home. There was no reason to be nervous. Things were fine. <laughs> Except for the Dark Lord looming, but go ahead. <laughs> but, meh, for now. <laughs> Hermione still seemed highly worried. He better say something to put her at ease. Did you know that Hondags carry their young beneath the skin of their back until they dig their way out and bandicoots have more than one vagina? He's like, that's like a very Luna Lovegood quality, just to like list off random animal facts. Maybe that's what's happening with Luna. Like maybe Luna's time traveling all over the place <laughs> and like is unclear on her timeline and why she's so random. Oh my gosh. She's just been dropped in all these different places and she's like, just wants to chat about stuff. Did you know that hot dads carry their young beneath the skin of their back until they take their way out? <laughs> exactly. And do you think that's how the name bandicoots came? Because some people have one coot, but bandicoots have a bandicoots. A band of coots? Is bandicoots short for bandicooters? Is that what you're asking? And that's more yeah. than one. Yeah. And like a band of them. Yeah. yeah. What do you call a group of coots? A bandicoots. <laughs> Put that on a Laffy Taffy. Uh, beep, boop, boop, beep. I have an idea. Oh, yeah? Nothing like that, you perv. No, I mean for our herbology project, since we didn't manage to meet Helga Hufflepuff after all, said <laughs> Harry. Oops. Do tell, Draco perked up, the lazy contentedness morphing into attentive listening mode. I may or may not have an artifact that will allow me to contact the dead, said Harry. God. You have one of the hollows? They're real? Um, yes. Draco was one of those rare wizards who believed in the tale of the three brothers. Go figure. Well, at least that made this part a lot easier. Harry was not interested in a return to the fourth year status quo where Draco called him a nutter and Potter stinks buttons flashed throughout the ancient halls of Hogwarts. It was actually Voldemort who found the resurrection stone. Don't ask me where and how. Dumbledore found Voldemort's hiding place and took it, then later passed it on to me. Harry didn't go into details. The less said about the second time he died and did a Frankenstein impression, the better. <laughs> so are you proposing we use the sacred ancient artifact of legends to call up Helga Hufflepuff from the grave in order to improve <laughs> our grades? Asked Draco. That was, a, that was a leap. When he said it like that, it just it just sounded cheap. Basically, yes, said Harry. Count me in, said Draco. Another beep boop. Deep so what about this one? The letitica. The leaves aren't quite heart-shaped, but the way it's supposed to wrap around a victim's legs is very similar to what the creeper vine did to you on day eight, isn't it? That wasn't a letitica movensis. A voice scoffed at their backs. Harry turned around. <laughs> Neville? Oh, yay. What makes you say that? It had black spots, Neville said in a duh, obvious tone of voice. Possibly for an herbology prodigy like him. It was. So clearly it was a Cara Platanova. All right, Harry said. Thanks, Neville. Next on the stage, Cara Platanova. <laughs> All the way from Godric's Hollow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he bent back down to his book and started researching the next plant on his list of weird shit I saw several million years ago. Humming slightly under his breath, he turned the pages. Draco had stopped his own research, sitting still as a statue beside Harry. Gradually, Harry's own finger slowed, then stilled. Um... He turned back to Neville. Neville, I love you, mate, but what the fuck? How do you know what kind of plants I saw while uh, doing research for our herbology project with Draco? Neville looked at him with wide-eyed innocence that was clearly fake. Wait, what? Neville oh so casually cast a mufflatio, a mufflatio, as we call it, and drawled, 
Yes, how could I possibly know about your totally secret and absolutely professional journey to the past? (gasps) Neville as a villain? Didn't see it coming. Wait a minute. Do you think Neville was there the entire time? Whoa. Boy sure had changed in the year Harry had been away. Before leading a dangerous rebellion and chopping the head off of Voldemort's snake, Neville would never have had the self-confidence nor the malice to be so sassy. How do you... Harry was totally stumped. What on earth? Well, let's see. Neville fully turned around in his library chair and raised both hands. He's like the villain in... um. He is, like a Bond villain. Inspector Gadget. Oh, Remember yeah. the, always petting the cat? Yeah. He started ticking off points on his fingers. One, this is herbology we're talking about. Two, I have no idea how you escaped the Snatchers for as long as you did, Harry. I really don't. Plotting secret illegal time travel in the library, mate? What gives? Three, Helga Hufflepuff is my idol. How could you possibly think I wouldn't be all over that like Ron on a signed Canon's poster? Oh my God, he tried to tag along because he wanted to meet Helga. Oh, yeah, okay. That had to have been what happened. And four, should I have really expected that Draco Malfoy, poster boy for ancient runes, excellence, and perfectionism, would fuck up the rune work so completely to miss by several millennia? You copied our design, Draco stated, voice flat. Yeah, while you were down in the chamber, I was chanting right along with you, thanks to the nifty little spy charm Luna gave me. I was out in my own botched rune circle, again copied from you, flaws and all, hidden among the devil's snare in my partition of Greenhouse 5. <laughs> and you accidentally followed us to the Jurassic Age, Harry said. Uh-huh. What twist? <laughs> wow. 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 You're lucky you made it back before the meteor hit, Harry and Neville broke out in full body shivers at the memory. Harry blinked. And suddenly Draco wasn't sitting beside him anymore, but standing in front of Neville, the Gryffindor now half hanging in the air by Draco's fist around his tie. Tell me, Draco hissed. Harry could barely make it out. His voice was so low. He appreciated that. They seemed to be alone in the library, but apparently he had been wrong about that before. Tell me, Longbottom, did you bring a camera? (laughs) Asked Draco. Huh? Said Neville. A camera, Longbottom. I know you wouldn't pass up a chance to keep a memento of meeting your idol, so did you? And can I see it? I need to relive that memory. Do you have the tree one? And do you have the Facetune app? I need to start an OnlyFans. <laughs> what filter did you use, Neville? <laughs> Was it my good side? <laughs> Neville gulped, looked away, then nodded. Harry's eyes narrowed. Slowly, he stood up and joined Draco in looming over the still-seated Neville. And just what did you take pictures of while you were failing to let us know that you were there with us the entire time? It was a little gloomy in the library this late in the evening, but even so, Harry saw the color quickly leave Neville's face. Nothing, he mumbled. Nothing I would ever show to other people anyway. No need to give away the fact that I went illegally time traveling, right? Longbottom, Draco hissed, his voice terrifyingly dangerous. Harry felt parts of himself perk up in conditioned response. His penis. He forced himself to keep the threatening glower on his own face. I will end you, Draco's voice was smooth, soft, deadly. I will flatten your manor. I will poison every single one of your plants. I will ruin your courtship with Abbott. I will lay waste to your school grades. I will make you a pariah among our generation for decades to come. Oh, God. This was getting a bit much, Harry thought. But then again, if Neville had taken the pictures he thought he might have, forcing him to destroy them really was his only hope of ever sleeping soundly again. Unless, continued Draco, you give me copies of every single one of those pictures. Wait, what? Thought Harry. What? What? (laughs) Huh? I also want a copy. Can you make a copy for Hagrid? Wait, I call doubles. (laughs) Let's frame it. Christmas presents. So that's the end of episode six. Holy smokes. What? Dun, dun, 
Dun. That's crazy. So Neville was there the entire time. Wow. Boy, yo, yoing. Who do you think he banged? <laughs> Neville was just like wearing like a little costume of rodent, you know, and that was actually him like scurrying along. <laughs> Oh, I love it. He's just in the background of all of their couple's vacation photos. They're riding a dinosaur, and he's just, like, in bushes. Evil dime earning that evil. I love this. Wow. Wow. Blackmail. Okay, let's sing. When the episode ends, check your underpants. Are you fossilized or not? No. I like a bandicoots when I'm singing. That's <laughs> Lindsay Rush and the bandicoots. <laughs> Get it, Danny. Please welcome to the stage a fox. <laughs> when the episode ends, check your underpants. Danny, solo. <laughs> Guitar solo. <laughs> Hit it. Our very own oh. note breaker. <laughs> you guys, I mean, I'm fossilized. Because they, like, are in love and they escape the meteor and all this stuff. And I'm just thrilled at the plot twist, the titty twist. So I'm I'm fossilized. <laughs> also fossilized, but what we failed to acknowledge, completely glossed over the fact that Harry also said I love you to Neville. Those guys just doling out I love yous left and right. Yeah, he was like, this feels good. He's got a lot of love. I'm uh, fossilized, but he feels like one of those, uh, what do we call it, um, love bombing. Harry's just love bombing everyone. Yeah. But yeah, this is great. And what a fun twist. Yeah, excellent. Time travel, sex, love, plants, Neville, Hermione. I mean, this episode had it all. And we made it through to the end. (laughs) And escape from the end times. I'm most grateful for. (laughs) Do you think Neville 100% has a hard copy on his, he has like copies on his hard drive. Like this guy is not just handing over the only. His drive is hoard after those photos. Hard as it gets. <laughs> Rock hard drive. Rock hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned next week. Season finale. I can't believe it's over. Allie gets scammed by somebody on the internet. We have new exciting ideas for um, upcoming episodes that are really going to shake your boat, and more. And more. Yes. And so much more. That more is doing a lot of heavy lifting. And more. Yeah. Lindsay, I love your titty twist uh, language. I have heard that, so. I mean, I, I do feel, you know, just when you think you're out of the most obvious sex jokes that you've been making for six years, <laughs> a titty twist comes and surprises you on a Friday at 10 a.m. while Danny's in the office. <laughs> Woo! Honk, honk. If we did a night recording, you would have never found that titty twist. That's so true. If yeah. it was Tuesday night at 6.30, embarrassing. <laughs> Boring. (laughs) Uh, Okay, we'll see you guys next week for the finale. Bye, everyone. Bye. For an extra dose of bonkers entertainment, join our Patreon where you can access hundreds of hours of unreleased content and bonus episodes featuring your favorite fandoms plus the ones we'd never dare to read on the pod. Head to patreon.com forward slash fangasm to get in on the action. For a regular hookup, make sure to subscribe to the show everywhere you listen. And if we've left you satisfied, ew, leave a five-star review or higher. For updates, merch, or to submit a story, visit fangasmpodcast.com. And thanks to thousands of other listeners, the fun never sleeps over on our private Facebook group, The Fanny Pack. Click the link in the show notes to join. Once you're in, (laughs) check out the 20-plus listener-led groups that cover everything from pets to pot to pen pals. 